Hey, this is Boom Pound Peanut Butter Cookies and you're listening to Tess and today I'm talking to Jules. Now, you should listen to this interview. It's a little windy. There's a little bit of background noise. It was recorded in a park, but the bits that are good are fucking gold. Jules is one of those chicks that, you know, those people that you meet, you're like, how the hell do they fit all of that in in that time? A. B. She's got these gorgeous tats going right up her arms and has like bright at the moment orange Orangey, ready hair, beautiful. She's a hairdresser, but she does a heap of other really interesting stuff as well. Anyway, so I've just sat and listened to the interview that I recorded, and I have to apologise for the audio because I've tried cleaning it up, but there's parts where it's a bit windy or there's, um, you know, a truck beeping. It's look, it's just like sprinkles on a cupcake. Okay, you might not like all of them. But underneath the sprinkles is the really good stuff. So just try and listen to it even with the shitty bits. And if you have to just tap forward 10 seconds, go ahead. But it is really, really, really worth listening to. I super apologize for the sound. And, you know, I've learnt my lesson. Don't record any more interviews in parks. Not the best spot, apparently, (laughs) on a slightly breezy day. Uh, Anyway, have a listen. Tell me what you think. Um, I'm on Instagram as Tess Lehman or Boom Pow and Cookies because I couldn't fit Boom Pow and Peanut Butter Cookies because, you know, Insta. Um, Or leave us a review on iTunes. That would be lovely too. And my door's just slammed in the background because I was just killing massively big huntsmans because this is Australia. Anyway, enjoy. Bye. Oh, 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 and one more, one more, one more thing. Um, Jules is on Insta as Hair by Jules. She is well worth following. Lots of interesting hairstyles and her stories are probably my favourite on Insta or in my top ten. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Okay, I'm just going to start recording. Yeah, sure. And then I'll edit it later. Okay, cool. Okay, so today I'm talking to Jules and on Instagram she's hair by Jules, which is the only way I know her because I'm a weird stalker who just stalks people on Instagram and that's basically how we all working. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Um, so, you do hair, mm-hmm. you're a dance instructor, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's something else. Mm-hmm. What are the other things? Uh, I used to be a rollerblader. Awesome. <laughs> I just got skates this year yeah. for my birthday for my kids. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. so shit, but I'm trying. That's okay, practice makes perfect. <laughs> really, really shit. Yeah, is that good? I was, the thing that bugged me out about it was how different it is to go from blades to skates. I thought it would be yeah. the same, it's not. Well, see... I started roller skating mm. um, when I was four, three or four, and because I lived in Coolangatta and opposite our house was a skate rink. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, so um, it's now a, a car park, unfortunately, but that's how I learned to skate. And then I think I was like, I think I might have been 10, and I got my first pair of rollerblades when they first came out. Awesome. So that's... Um, you know, I, I they first came out and they were this plastic, fantastic space boots. And they're like black and yellow. My mum and dad still have them, actually. You should put them on your wall. I, That's I, pretty epic. Oh, I, don't, I reckon I'm that heavy now. I'd probably just snap them as soon as... And the urethane wheels are probably just melt into the ground. Um, but, yeah, that's how I started. Yeah, I, so what did you do with skating? Okay, so... So did you do, like... Do you want to go pretty, from the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to go man. from, like, okay, Fuck all right. yes. <laughs> Okay. Always. And swear as much as you want. Okay. I did put an explicit warning on this because fuck is pretty much my favourite word. Yeah, me too. It's mm. every second word. Okay. Yeah. So I was born in New Zealand. I came over here when I was two. Okay. And my dad, um, he came over to Adelaide when we lived in New Zealand um, to go to a, um, a car racing thing in, in Adelaide. And on the way back home... Um, stopped off in Coolangatta um, and loved it so then apparently he went back to New Zealand and said to my mum we're packing up we're leaving so two weeks later we ended up in Coolangatta mum and dad um, bought this massive house with a huge car park attached to it above a block of shops which is still there and opened a Mexican restaurant the travelers come through and cook for them like be their chefs and then had all these really now massive bands 
play in their restaurant because it was gigantic. That's fucking awesome. It was really amazing. It was an incredible time in my life. The shop is still there, but it's empty. It's been empty, I think, majority of the last 20 or 30 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, I grew up in a concrete jungle. I grew up, like, you know, in this, surrounded by shops, and we had a lift that went up to our house, and it was spectacular. It was on the beach. Like, it was just, I just, it's very special to me. And uh, we used to get around this yellow V-dub with a wing at the back with a meat. A restaurant name was Amigos. So it was really cool. That's really, fantastic. yeah. Fantastic. So when did they sell? Did they sell the restaurant? They eventually? sold it, and I think we sold it in '87 or '88. Okay. Uh, my mom was like the hostess of the restaurant. She was yep. an absolute babe, and dabbled in makeup. So she went to her hairdresser which is now famously Benny Tognini. Um, he used to work in a salon um, in Main Street with Stelios Pappas and Bill Signaris, who were these big names Big now. names, yeah. And she would do the makeup for the models of the hair shows that, she, that, that they had. So my mum would get her hair done every fortnight and change the colour of her hair. And it was outrageous. So my mum was very, very brown, very brown, and would have like Annie Lennox white hair and pink tips and it really inspired me and I would go to the salon every afternoon after uh, preschool and watch my mum get her hair coloured and I thought it was this really cool environment and <clears throat> really glamorous and these hairdressers were so cool and that's really what stemmed <clears throat> my love for hair. Um, yeah, so we that left. That is a pretty epic story. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Very like, cool. To the girl who grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere, that's yeah. just fucking outrageous. Yeah, and cool. I don't, I didn't realise until years later how fucking amazing that was, you know? Like, I'd, I'd go to Cooley every other week because it's my... Um, I put my feet in the sand and then it's just like I'm, I'm, a, kid, I'm a kid again. Mm. Um, yeah, and so I... We moved to Brisbane and I went to a couple of different primary schools all around Brisbane and then high school and I really, really hated school. Like I severely hated primary school especially. Um, and then in year 10, I told mum and dad, I don't want to be in school anymore. And they said, okay, we'll go and do an apprenticeship. And I said, good, all I want to do is hair. So I used to cut my friend's hair on the oval at school with paper scissors and, you know, do all this really cool stuff and be in, in charge of glam at the Rockus Deadfords and, you know, I was obsessed with hair and so I left school and I went straight into an apprenticeship yeah okay up here or at Cooling Hill? in Brisbane yeah, yeah. Okay. and so yeah I finished my apprenticeship I worked in a couple of different salons at 17 I won a, an award and that took me to London for three weeks um, and just got to see the world at, at like really cool things at a young age I don't know what's my eyeball um, and so yeah it just so when you went to London, did you then come back to Brisbane? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I came back, started a new job um, in a different hair salon um, and finished my apprenticeship, I think I was 19, um, and had my own clientele. And that's at the point of my life where I hairdressing wasn't um, inspiring me anymore. It was mm -hmm. um, when I learned that a lot of hairdressers earn money by drugs on the side and I'm a very clean person and I've never done that stuff. Um, and it, I was very judgmental about that for a very long time. So, yeah, I, um, I gave it up. I had enough. I quit one Saturday afternoon. I told my boss I'm out of here. I don't think I even gave him any notice. So I was like, yeah, I'm done. And at that point, I had been skating, like rollerblading around Brisbane for a good year. And we're talking like every morning, I'd skate from Turinga, which is, you know, 15 kilometers that way, 20 kilometers that way into the city for a coffee in the morning and then skate all the way home, do a day's work and then skate until midnight. Holy shit. Yeah, so and I had all my friends, it was just me, just a couple of boys, and we'd skate around Brisbane every single night and get really fit and uh, we'd, we'd go past a skate shop called Skate Biz in the city mm -hmm. and then they offered me a job. So I left hairdressing and worked in a skate shop for five years. Awesome. In the city? <laughs> in the city, yeah. yeah. It was really amazing. It was so that really was cool. like 20 to 25 or something? Yeah, so 20, yeah, 20 to 25. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. And so then what did you do after that? Um, in that time, I'd grown up dancing my whole life. So while we were in Coolangatta, I started ballet. And it wasn't great because I'm like a bull in a china store. I'm not graceful at all. And 
um, the first concert, ballet concert I ever did. I peed myself on stage and I did, baby. I did. I was like six, five or six. Yeah, that's fine. It's not now. Um, and so, so Jill's daughter is here as yeah. well, and she just was saying, "Well, how old were you when you peed yourself?" Because <laughs> that's always a good thing to know. Because you know, anything under ten, you can pretty much get away. You with get it. away with anything over ten. I could have shit myself, and not it would have been so okay, mate. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, yeah. So, and in that time, um, I was working full time in a skate shop and teaching at night, like dancing, and and for for another dance school that. Hilariously, um, I used to dance yeah, at. Never mind the uh, yeah. concrete track in the back. We're in the urban jungle, guys. Um, I actually got <laughs> followed home by the cops. Well, what actually happened? <laughs> so it was me and all my girlfriends thought it'd be a good idea to go out for dinner for a mate's birthday when I was at boarding school, which is just around the corner from here. And then somebody had the bright idea to come down here and drink. And at that age, I actually didn't drink till I was 17 and a half, so I'd left school. Anyway, and we were sitting, I think I was sitting on a swing set just over there, and I had everybody sort of ran, and because I'm a dopey bastard, I just watched the cops walk up, and then was just like, oh, hey, and they were like, well, is this yours? And I was like, no, I don't really like drinking, and they just looked at me like, you're righto, you idiot, and there was literally just like cans of beam all around me, anyway, and then they were like, well what, you're just going to leave it there? And I was like, well, it's not my booze, man. Like, I don't care. And then this chick, she pulled out the beam right in front of me. She's like, oh, this seems like such a waste. And I was like, not really. Don't you think it stinks? <laughs> oh, mate, so suave, 17 and a half. And then we walked. It's the only time I've been grounded when it was by the boarding school for three weeks because we got caught. And we thought we got away with it because I was, like, being super sly, you know, and finding everyone along the street here and being like, the cops found us like you've got to get back to school and thinking that I was like super sleuth anyway I wasn't they followed me the whole way back to school to make sure we got there safely and then they called the school on the Monday so that was Friday night so all weekend we heard the PA going and just kept like waiting and then like oh no we've got away with it we got away with it Monday afternoon oh love Monday afternoon after school, they called us all in and were like, so, drinking in the park, hey? And we were just like, oh, oh, <laughs> We got away with it. Anyway, so we're sitting in the urban jungle. So you're teaching dance of a night and you're working yeah. in a skate shop by day. So what sort of dance were you teaching? Uh, Hip-hop. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I was teaching for a guy in a, um, who owned a dance school, but we moved and I was teaching in a, uh, a uni and... Um, next thing I know the music stopped and I look back to the the PA system and this lady standing there and she's like who are you and I was like Jules she goes you're coming to teach for me now that lady her name is Meg Cooper and she owns Mad Dance House in the city okay. Mad Dance has been around for f over 15 years now and I was her first teacher oh my god yeah amazing. so I still taught like a lot I performed I had my own dance crew which is really fun um, and then I, I, I don't know, I went overseas. I went dancing overseas to LA and New York for a little bit and then came back and then she offered me a full-time job. So she wanted me to teach full-time and that's what I did for, I think, three or four years. Uh -huh. um, and that's, so that's taking us to 28, 29, something like that? So I was still teaching at 27, which is when I fell pregnant with Bayer. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I think I still, I, I, I taught dance the whole time I was at Scapies. Okay. Um, but yeah, full time for like three years. Um, yeah, and so, and in that time managed to leave dancing full time and do a personal training course and then became a personal trainer and worked in a gym. Had my own clientele, <laughs> did all that sort of stuff and boot camps and blah, 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 blah. And then, yeah, fell pregnant with Vail. So, yeah, okay. And so what did that change for you? Did that mean like no more dancing? I imagine dancing while you're pregnant. Uh, I actually, I did. I was gigantic because Vaya was a huge kid and I used to drop it like it's hot and people used to think that she was going to fall out of me. But it's okay. I, I used to teach in um, an um, Aboriginal Performing Arts Centre as well and I did that for five years and that was amazing, working with Indigenous youth and toured with that a little bit and went to the missions and... That was really cool, actually. Yeah. Big part of my life. I find that 
I, I hold that really close to my heart, actually, Indigenous culture. Um, yeah, and so I did that. And when Bea was born, um, the physio came around and, you know, did the whole lift your head up the, off the pillow and blah, blah, blah. And the prognosis or the diagnosis was um, you'll never dance again um, because my, my labour was so bad. And that broke my heart, obviously. Um, but then I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go to a dance class. I'm going to try this. And I was fine. I was yeah. absolutely fine. So I went back to dancing. Um, and in that time, was like, I miss hair. <laughs> so, back to your one true love. Back to my first love. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so I opened a salon when she was five months old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had staff, you know, did all the, did all the things. Um, and that was full on. It was really full on time in my life. I had a salon for five years. Where was that at? In St. Lucia in Brisbane. Okay. Um, yeah. And then it was too hard for me to go on because I was a single mum and um, five staff. And it was it was really hard in my life. Um, you know, Bea's dad and I split when she was two. Um yeah. Yeah, and I, it was it was a very hard time in my life, you know. Everything. So how sort of old were you? I was twenty nine. Yeah, twenty nine. Yeah. So, you know, I I left and bless you. Had had our little cottage in Balmoral, which is still there, but it's been sort of highly renovated now. Um. Yeah, and then... So you went back to hair, you had your own salon. Yes. And then after five years, you sold... I just shut up, shut up shop. Yeah, long story there. Yeah. For another day. Yeah. Um, well, we don't yeah. have to delve into yeah. your life here. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So then what did you do? So how do we get to now? What are you doing now? Okay. So um, I then had... When I shut the shop, um, I had a, a break for a year from hair. Um, I was exhausted. I um, just needed to, you know, just do something completely different from hair. And so um, I went back to Mad Dance full time for okay. a year and managed their events, um, did lots of choreography, taught a lot, and a creative director for shows. Yeah. Um, and then after that year, um, I missed hair <laughs> again. <laughs> So I then... There's a bit of a theme with that. There's a theme, there's a theme. And I then um, got in touch with a lady called Nerida. Uh Now, Nerida has two grown boys now, like 25 and 23, I think. Uh And they are break dancers. Okay. And they are incredibly talented. And I've known them since they were really, really young. Yeah. And I knew that she had a salon. I'd met her a couple of times, but I didn't... um, you know, I didn't know. I didn't want to work for anybody. Yeah. I was, I was past that. I didn't want to open my own salon, and I thought I will go and ask if she can rent a chair. Yeah. And so I, I called her. We had a chat, and literally the next week I was renting a chair from her. And then I um, started with a small clientele, and then within a couple of months I closed my books. So of did. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's that's that's. That, that's where it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I did see that on Instagram, books closed, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that, yeah. So how many clients does that mean? Is that like 15? Is that like 45? No, it's a lot. It's like... Sorry, I've just it's, got to... That's okay. <laughs> got ants in the pants. She's got ants in her pants. I'm like, for real? Um, <laughs> not, not, we're not figurative, figuratively speaking. <laughs> Literally speaking. Sorry, um, I think I got it. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, it's probably I haven't counted them. Mm-hmm. I would say over sixty. Okay. Um, but to me, it's there's so many reasons why. Um, one, I don't want people walking through the doors and going, "Hi, I need a haircut today." It's so much more than that to me. It's a relationship, like I said before. You know, most women have longer relationships with the hairdressers than they do with their spouse, or we're all marriages, and that's that is proven. It, I don't even know that what the percentage is, but it's very, very true. Mm. Um, and so I thought, well, if I'm going back to my safe place, I want to make it happy and um, rewarding and make sure I don't give up on it and um, make it my lifelong dream to be incredibly happy in my field. 
and st stick with it. Um, and so I was very lucky in the clientele that I already had um, that, you know, I would get their friend or their bestie or their mum or whatever. Um, and it just grew from that. So it's, it's, it's people that I know that I'll already like mm -hmm. as, as egotistical that's, as that sounds. I want to I do people's hair that inspire me. Mm -hmm. um, because you're in the chair sometimes for the whole day. Mm. And the last thing I want to do is not talk. Um, or talk about shit, basically. I want to have... Or bitch and moan. Or bitch and moan and, and gossip. And I'm just not about it. I'd rather have... Um, you know, incredible conversations, deep and meaningful conversations. I'm trying to change the world. You know, if, even if that's one one client at a time, mm -hmm. I truly think that I have the power, and every woman does, to make an impact, make a footprint, um, contribute something. So, mm -hmm. um, in however that comes, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah, my 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 idea of success may be completely different to the next woman. So, yeah, that's and, how it but works. Finding our own version of success like that yeah. can take some people never figure it out no 100 percent. what their thing is yeah or how what's going to make them happy yeah well my my idea of happiness has always been and has been from a very young age is freedom mm -hmm. and so i had my license <laughs> i had my license Lucky someone when I was, yeah <laughs> when i was very very young and the idea of and freedom to me was getting in my car whenever I wanted to, mm -hmm. putting Ricky Martin on in my CD player and driving into the sunset. Like, that was my idea of freedom back I then. Ricky Martin was your <laughs> totally. Choice. Everyone knew he was gay. He was fabulous and I loved him. Yeah. Um, and so that was freedom to me and happiness. Mm -hmm. um, happiness was also having my own money mm -hmm. um, to not rely on anybody to work. Mm -hmm. I'm a worker bee. That's what, how I grew up and saw my parents work really hard. So, I don't know how not to work hard. Mm -hmm. um, hence, opening a salon when your child is five months old. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. Good chat. Well, about no, about success and yeah. happiness and what that means for yeah. each of us. Yeah. And I think, like, I've spent the last since I had Molly, so she's four. Yeah. And I think since her, I've been trying to figure out how to make it work for me yeah. with kids, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Like, yeah. fucking boring, but it's everybody's yeah. story. Is yeah. trying to figure that out. Yeah. And then making it work in a way that works for you. Yes. Like, I don't want to flog myself 14 hours a day, yeah. seven days a week in a job I hate and never see my kids. That's right. What's the yes, point? Yes, I can do that, but that's not the yeah. option. I would choose if I have the option. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that's it. Like, I, um, Daya knows that I'm a single mum and mummy has to work hard because... Mm you know the only person that helps us is my mum mm. and I'm supporting her so mm. you know um, which is great that's the circle of life you know um, but the more success I have I expect the people around me to have that success or at least push that onto them because mm. they've always helped me get where I am um, but yeah in, in terms of the dreams and all that sort of stuff and where I want to be it, it comes down to having the flexibility in my job to go okay i don't want to work sundays i don't want to work mondays i don't want to work, work late nights i don't want to do your hair i don't want to do your hair and being very um specific, specific yeah mm -hmm. and and congruent to what i feel is mm -hmm. going to make our life happy and sustainable mm. um yeah so i i can be very picky on whose hair i do but i'm okay with that <laughs> but boundaries are good man yeah people don't know boundaries sometimes i'll get Some emails like i was getting emails last night sorry. at like midnight hey jules and i'm like it's fucking sunday night fuck off sorry babe fucking do your own hair no, that sounds really mean but you know at the end of the day i'm not curing cancer i'm or yeah. saving babies i'm doing it now. um so yeah some people don't know boundaries but you know i just won't i won't respond to them <laughs> so have you got like a motto that's sort of been or like a guiding principle for your own life um, I know that sounds like a super naff fucking question. No, no. But I do find people have yeah. something that they go back yeah. to. So um, I think growing up, my mum was um, the, the forefront of lots and lots of um, bullying and um, I don't even know how to say it. She had a, she had a very rough upbringing, very rough childhood. And... 
um, unfortunately she was born with a tumour in her face and um, had lots of surgeries and all this sort of stuff and she looked different. She looked very different growing up. But the one thing I got from my mum is she couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> she was like, I look different and I'm still going to rule the world. And she did. Mm. And she, every job that she went to, she was a sales rep for all these different people in Brisbane. And she was the best. And she looked amazing. And she just didn't let anyone stop her. Mm. And I definitely get that drive from my mum. Mm. And what she always used to say to me, and it, it, it only makes sort of sense in the last couple of years. Because at the time I was like, everyone says that. But she always used to say, be yourself. And it's so true because if I had not been myself and decided to follow the flock, I wouldn't be me. Um, I wouldn't be covered in tattoos, massive lesbian running a cheer squad. Like that's a, that's the sort of thing that um, running a cheer squad. Do you? Actually oh yeah, do that? I do that. Oh, that's another thing that I do. Okay, so um, I forgot to mention that. Um, yeah, so I have to be myself because. Hmm. Everyone else is taken. They always say yeah. that, you know, but um, you are your product. So mm. people will buy the, the thing that they trust. And I really trust myself. Mm-hmm. I love myself. I express myself. Um, and, yeah, being yourself was a big was a big motto for me in life. And what I say to Vaya all the time is one that I love to say is if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So using your voice for good, using your power for good, standing up for people that don't have a voice. Um, and don't take shit from no one. Cool runnings. Don't take shit from no one. Like it's very simple. Don't take shit from anyone. From anybody. Don't why why are you gonna take shit from someone? Mm. Who the fuck do they think they are? So Mm. being incredibly steadfast in my approach to life and being like, I'm gonna stand my ground and be myself and you're not gonna tell me what to do. And that's where your self belief Yes. comes from that saying yeah, yeah that's fucking epic. So when I did this I have a very good friend, Emma Shepherd, and she we did a a live at uh, Insta Live, and and she's like, how do you deal with um, adversity and and self preservation and, and um, confidence? And I'm like, I, I suffer from high self esteem, and I do, um, because I'm like, I've I've come to my own so much, I've been through so much that I'm still here, I'm still here, and I'm doing well, um, and I'm 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 me. So yeah, no one's gonna push that aside of anybody else. So. You know, Faye is very much the same as that. So if, I can, if she can see, you know, an overweight single mum running a very, um, I would say, white male-orientated uh, football, <laughs> like NRL business, and run a cheese squad and do that sort of stuff, and she's seen me run these things, that's as a as a strong independent woman mm-hmm. then that's the best i can possibly show her absolutely yeah mm. did back to the cheerleading you yeah, yeah. So, okay so just just walk me back okay. through that all right so while i say while i was at school um i was in year nine and i was you know, I was, a, I was a big kid i was a big mm. girl you know there was nothing pretty about me and that's okay i played soccer well that's all that mattered and i could dance and i had a friend um, who was is Italian. Okay, so I'm just going to cut in. I had to quickly pause <laughs> because I hadn't put my phone on airplane mode like I thought I had. Um, and now it's red, so hopefully that means one second. I'm just going to cut all of this out. All right, we're back. Okay. Okay, so you're Italian friend. Yes, so um, she used to dance as well in a dance, little tiny dance school. And... My dad had heard on the radio, I think it was like B105 back in the day, that said, Brisbane Bullets Cheer Squad auditions. And he's like, he told me about them. And I was like, yes, I'm going to go do this. Need I remind you that there's two very large girls. <laughs> you know, anyway. So, but Ken dance. That's the important part of that story. Yeah, I know. Sorry about the wind. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just going to use your yeah. body in this book. <laughs> I'm going to block it with my body. Um, there was a store in Brisbane called Brian Roachford. Was it Brian Roachford? Or just Roachford? Brian Roachford? Anyway. my Selling? Selling swimwear. Okay. And <laughs> it was the coolest thing. It was like the four sports girl. It was like that type of stuff. Yeah. And I went in there one day and bought, because I used to swim a lot, a cat suit. Cat suits with the tits back in the day. And it was a traffic light colour 
like horizontal lines over a large girl. Can you imagine? Just put that in your mind for a second. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I bought it. Thought it was cool. And... We all made questionable we, fashion look, choices I've back had in mullets, the day. so... And not, not good ones. It's all right. I had a mohawk. It was black. Oh, yeah, mo- and my brother, my cool. brother was like... It looks like a, da- a rat a, a rat, rat died and you stuck it to your head. Oh, I'm not going out for dinner with you unless you shave it off. And oh, I was like, oh, thanks, whatever. I'm not that... i wear a hat. <laughs> I'm not that into no. it. No. Well, <laughs> my dad um, dropped my friend off um, and I at Tawong Fitness, which was a gigantic gym at the time. In your cat suit. In my cat suit mm-hmm. and bike pants underneath. Mm-hmm. You have to wear them underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw like 80 girls in like leotards with like g-string leotards with um you know like this is the what year are we talking this here? is 97 okay so g-string leotards gotcha 96 yep. maybe yeah and i was like wow i've never like the only the only time i'd ever seen anything like that was on aerobics Oz style when i'm stuffing my face full of shit in the morning watching on tv you know and so i was in a room full of them and they were incredible dancers and the energy was amazing anyway we um, we finished the audition, which went for hours, um, and I was waiting for Dad to pick us back up in the parking lot, and everyone had left, and there was this lovely lady that was walking past us, and she looked at me, and she said, look, if you if you want to join, just, just come along for the fitness. And I was like, okay, do you, is it because I'm fat? Like, I'm a good dancer, is it because I'm fat? And I said straight out to her, is it because I'm fat? She goes, no, 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 and I think she just felt sorry for me, and she said, you're welcome to come. So you know what I did? fucking did my dad dropped me off <laughs> that's gold yeah. so what every session every or was this just a fitness session before they went with the team no no or this is the actual actual um training mm. for them and i found out when it was and mum and dad dropped me off and i went and i was i was bigger you know and but i could, I could fuck that takes guts though yeah, oh, full of guts. yeah always happy just full of full of fucking guts Little balls, big balls. <laughs> anyway, um, so I went, and a, every training session on a Monday night was in Windsor, and it went for three hours. And just the warm up went for like forty five minutes. It was huge, and I loved it. I was in my element, and the dancing was hard, and you just you got ripped a new one if you didn't do it properly. And I loved the discipline. And I just remember mum and dad picking me up, and I didn't wear the right thing, and I was just I literally like I stood out like dog's balls. But I was like, fuck it. I'm Jules, you know. Anyway, years later, I became a captain. I choreographed for Brisbane Bullets. Um, so Brisbane Bullets were just a school. Ah, okay. So I would, you know, finish school, and then mum and dad would drop me to rehearsal in Boondle, which is forever away, and then we'd have a game. And I was 15. He had to be 17 to be in the squad, and I was choreographing. And it was very, very bitchy. It was a very yucky environment but all the only thing that kept me going was my coach who was an incredible mentor to me um and dancing dancing was amazing and so um i then became an nrl cheerleader very young and did that for a couple of years and it was just an amazing part of the time of my life such a cool combo of things though you know yeah it is yeah and so going back to now so yeah how does it work now so um Seven years ago, um, Mad Dance, who got the contract to, um, you know, coach or be the, be the cheer squad um, management, I guess, um, kept coming to me and saying, look, can you be the coach? I was like, nah, don't want to do it. <laughs> and they go, we'll pay you. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to do it. And I don't know why I said no. I just kept saying no. I didn't like um, what they represented at the time. Um, they, the girls didn't have an incredibly good name. And I'm a massive feminist, so I was like, oh, okay. So I did it. Um, seven years. This is my seventh season. I've been doing it. So, so you you run what team? Who are we talking? Broncos. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as well as you're still teaching dance and you're yes. still doing hair and yes. you're single mum. Yes. Okay. So you're a pretty relaxed sort of person. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. No. But I think I've. I think. The one thing that I'm good at is multitasking. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am super forgetful, but I'm only forgetful about the shit that doesn't mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one thing that I truly love is um, uh, helping people. So I've got friends that have... And you. And you. I love you. <laughs> a lot. Um, I have friends that have um, clothing 
labels in Brisbane and I love them dearly so I'll help them put their fashion shows together and that just gives me so much joy mm. so for me giving back is just a, a gigantic thing because I, just, I, I my mentors do that yeah so um, they've and always... so you've had a mentor with the cheerleading mm-hmm. with the hair um, or that's so been much. more yourself that's, yeah, yeah. Not and so then much. with the skating did you have someone as well or no. that was just you as well yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, I'm so I'm just driven. like, yep. yeah. So how much of it is you? Yeah. So most of it's you, and then some things you have help with. Yeah. Well, you had help yeah. with, not yeah. so much anymore. I think I just have big dreams, you know. And um, I think if you want something done, you ask a busy woman, and I'll always make the time. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't sleep a lot. Um, I probably average six hours a night, um, sometimes four. But I'm incredibly passionate about what I do, so I don't consider getting up in the morning. Um, and going to work a job. Mm. Um, I love every single one of my clients. So you're you know. getting to go and hang out with people yeah, that enjoy like, their company. Yeah, I'm like, how fucking cool is that? Like, yeah. I, I spoke to a friend of mine the other day and I was like, oh my God, like, I never have bad days at work. That's pretty cool. You know, there are days where i That's I'm, well curated, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, is. it? Yes, I've been very careful about who I spend my time with, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm respected um, by my clients and I respect them immensely. So there's an exchange of love and mm. respect there. So... I don't feel there, there are days where I'm exhausted but that's more you know physical <clears throat> my legs get sore you mm. know so I'm I feel my cup gets incredibly full with mm-hmm. the people that I hang out with but also I'm a massive introvert so you know okay I have yeah. a theory about this are you the extroverted introvert yes. where you're outgoing yes. and full-on but you actually need lots of time oh alone? yeah a lot yeah, a lot of time okay. yeah so um, hence why I live in a very small, I live in a small unit, it's really cool, great, new, um, but it's just Bayer and I and there's not much that goes on when I'm at home, especially because mm. I have her week on, week off, the weeks that I don't have her, I don't speak to anyone when I'm at home, um, I, that's how I fill my cup, my weekends I feel they either go um, and, and hang out with one friend, which is my best friend Mel, um, or I spend alone at the beach and I okay. need that. That's how I feel my cup. Yeah. Um, I don't like to go out. I don't like to socialise. I say no to a lot of things. Um, That's good boundaries too though. Yeah, and it, it, it wasn't until probably I was in my teens that I realised there was a pattern forming where I was yeah. just like, I just want to go home and dance. I spent so much time alone yeah. as a teen. Mum and Dad were always working and my brothers and I weren't getting along and I shut myself in a room and I would spend hours and hours dancing in my room until dinner time ate did the dishes went back to dancing and mm. that's just it's a, it, it saved me because school was horrible for me it yeah. was torture so you know because I, I didn't get along with kids at school I would hang out with them I had one friend um, I was definitely older in my head than I was at school um, ah me too <laughs> yeah I, I put myself through therapy in year 10 for a year I went every Tuesday night afternoon after school to my therapist Genevieve her name was that's and that's my mum's name and she really helped me I put myself through um, uh, self-love at a very young age mm. and managed to find out that I was just different yeah and that was okay mm-hmm. and I think everyone thinks that they're different but that's that's cool that's cool but I think uh, everyone is different yeah but there's that makes commonalities yes. across the board but you yeah. know there's no two people that are exactly the same I yeah. think yeah. there's no cookie cutter scenario no. no and that's I think probably why everyone's doing the whole self-love movement I'm like I fucking did that 15 years ago you know I was really lucky to be self-aware and go okay why am I not happy mm. go and sort it out Jules so I mm. did and I thrived I really every Tuesday afternoon I couldn't wait to get off the bus into the city and go and see her for an hour and a half and I my cup was filled you know and so yeah that's just how massive though to figure that out at that age I think you know because I had people that were close to me try and commit suicide unsuccessfully thank fuck yeah um at 16 and it just was like poor like and I was just so you know sympathetic towards them and you know when you get that sort of like you're aware you don't really fit which I've sort of felt yep. a lot yeah not and not not worried about it no my mum was this crazy she was known as like the crazy redhead lady that yep. lived on the hill and she would like wear super bright colors and she'd like do a burnout when she pulled into school like she just did not she's give great. a fuck yeah <laughs> she still doesn't <laughs> um now she's a sexologist and 
Yeah, yeah, she's pretty great. She's in she's in her late sixties and she has more sex than I do. Good on her. Yeah, go for it. Anyway, <laughs> Thea's face is just gone. <laughs> Big eyes. <laughs> turn your volume up, love. Yeah, turn your volume up. <laughs> um, but Scary though, so I don't want to turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> she was really good at teaching us not to be embarrassed. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And yeah, that feeling of not fitting. But the funny thing is, so I've gone back and talked to girls that I went to school with or that I was at primary school with or whatever. Mostly women, I don't have a lot of my own friendships in my life. But anyway, um, and that feeling of not fitting, it's not just the people that are on the edge that feel it. Mm. I think everybody feels Mm. it. You know, it doesn't matter if your kid's the most popular kid in school, Mm. they either feel not worthy or like Mm. they don't fit. And the kid who's alone all the time feels not worthy and like they don't Mm. fit. Like I think... It's actually everybody experiences that at Absolutely. some point. Yeah. And it's just whether we... I think now people more are more willing to admit mm. I have mm. felt like I fit. Mm. And I think that's that's when the whole... Um, like I, I, I said her name before, Amy, she's doing Kiss My Fat Ass at the moment. And it's so good because um, when we talk about that sort of stuff, I, I don't... I have connections with women that obviously are such not a surface level mm-hmm. um, and the whole social media thing it comes down to when people compare themselves to other people so when you when people go through oh I don't fit in here if they go to a restaurant or they go to an event um, they could be the most beautiful person in the room physically but mentally they're really suffering um, I do have quite a few clients that are just absolutely gorgeous to look at and they really suffer from comparing themselves to other people mm. and they too go through these these days or things where they go anywhere and they go I don't fit in here mm. and you look at them and you just, you just look at them going well of course you do um, we all do we all do and and that's the thing like I um, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to like why would I want to fit in anywhere I just mm. want to be me you know I'm but I think that feeling of not of being a part I guess is more yeah. the bit that Community. I was saying mm. yeah it's being a part of something mm, uh, no but also being separate like you're yeah. saying you need time yourself like I get yeah. that yeah that sense of separateness yeah. or yeah. whatever. It's a funny one because it's not something that's super talked about, but I think everybody goes through a moment where they feel separate or different or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I'm using the wrong words. I no, think. that's okay. I'm I, trying to get the right word, but it's not coming to me. I think separate. Yeah. I um, I work with a band and I love them dearly. And the, Is this the We Are Shepherd that you said shepherd, before? Yeah. Shepherd, yeah. Oh, okay. And... Um, they're just so great. I've been working with them for almost three years and I love them. And it's so great because our relationship is just incredible. We're friends and we share stuff and it's just, it's really it's a beautiful family. And, um, you know, uh, for instance, two weeks ago we had uh, Eurovision mm-hmm. and that was really cool. It was for long um, because it's, you know, it's long days and it's television. Um, but then we have little breaks in the afternoon before you go back and... For me, I'm like saying to my friend Fernando, the makeup artist, I was like, cool, I'll see you at six. But we've got like three hours. He's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> By myself. Yeah. And he goes, oh, Jules time. Hashtag Jules time. And I'm like, that's it, babe. And there's no questions um, because that's who I am. I don't mm. want to be around people 24 hours a day. Mm. I, 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 I get cranky. Mm. I get, I get, um, I feel like. I just, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. It, it makes me cranky. Mm. Yeah. And I think in being in my sort of job, because I'm talking, I feel like the salon is my stage, mm-hmm. hence the backroom boogies, because <laughs> i got to start my day off with something fun, not take it seriously, and, yeah, put a smile on people's faces. Mm. Um, that, yeah, I, I need my time. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Bea goes to sleep at night, she's like, come to bed, and I'm like, no. And she goes, oh, all the time <laughs> yeah but I think even knowing that you need it oh yeah is important yeah and, and some people and don't it, get that yeah too. doing it before I know that it's just des- I'm too desperate for it mm. so for instance we you know we were staying on the Gold Coast and I was like I just need to go for a walk and I was totally fine mentally I wasn't too exhausted but I was like I'm preparing myself for tomorrow mm-hmm. um, knowing that it's not going to stop it's going to be crazy and hectic but I need to recalibrate re- yeah mm. and um, feel my Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny finding the things. Do you consider yourself creative? Yeah. Yeah, okay. My, my brain doesn't stop. No, but it's interesting how many people that I would... Con- I consider everybody creative, yeah. but how many people don't 
consider yeah. themselves necessarily creative, even though they clearly are. Yeah. But they don't yeah. well, identify. A friend of mine, as... she's only recently just come into my life. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she knows so much about plants, knows how to put things together, knows how to fix things. And, and she's going through a whole sort of um, next phase of her life. And she's like, I know how to do that. I've done this. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're really creative. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm just – it's not lucky. I was going to say I'm lucky. I'm not lucky. I've just managed to be able to go, okay, well, this is what I'm good at. I'm going to make money out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, when people and say, you're so lucky. Cool fuck that? you. Fuck you and your luck. <laughs> fuck your luck. <laughs> I worked really hard for all this fucking yeah. life. Yeah. What is it? Um, time meaning opportunity is luck. Mm-hmm. Well, I've given myself the time. I've made all the time in the world for t- the last 20 years to learn my craft. I've made myself, I've given myself the opportunities. Mm-hmm. There's your fucking luck. <laughs> Fuck you and your luck. So we were just talking on the way down here because I did set this up for a cafe and then got there and went, oh, actually, that's super fucking noisy. That won't work at all. Yeah. Anyway, and I was talking about a friend, Jamila Risby, who wrote a book called Not Just Lucky and about exactly that. How about, mm. about how many of us write the things that we've created off as lucky when they're really yeah. hard work opportunities and making our own opportunities a lot of the time especially mm. for women yeah. i think yeah 100 mm. percent, absolutely I, I truly think that women rule the world now <laughs> and if we're not we're getting to we're that getting point there. yeah i absolutely. think so i uh, yeah and and it's funny let's get let's get political let's yes be real please um okay please so do. I do remember the day that Trump came into power and it was a Thursday and three of my clients started crying. And it was really, I was quiet because I legit thought that that was never going to happen and Mm -hmm. I was in shock. Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk for a good hour. I was just shaking my head every couple of minutes. Like you have that realisation and you're quiet and you're like, oh, like you just get pissed off, you know, and my clients really traumatised by it, Mm -hmm. you know, rightly so. Um, But we were talking the other day in the salon, um, that had had this not happened, things would be different now. No, they absolutely would. I, you know, we wouldn't, women wouldn't be this absolute force to be recognised. And the pushing, and yeah. the the figuring it out, and the making connections, and yeah. having a crack at it. Yeah. I don't think would be happening on the no. level that it is. No, not not so quickly. I think mm. eventually it would have happened, but what he's done is forced us to go fuck you in yeah. the nutsack. We are going to we're going to fuck you up. Mm. We're going to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think... And I think there's more independent women running in Australia, I think, than there ever has before that are announcing for this election so coming. So, so fucking cool, so isn't it? Cool. Yeah. It's so cool. And I didn't really... I mean, whether you call it a feminist or not, I don't know. I think there's so many feminists out there. There's different variations on them, but... I think there's a lot of people that are feminists but don't like the word. They don't like the word. They don't Which like I in box. don't I totally really get. get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't get hating a word. Yeah. I do, actually. I fucking hate the word moist. Oh, yeah, I hate that word. Let's not talk about that. But, um, yeah, I agree. I think think there's a lot of people who, you're a feminist, mate. Just because you're not using the word doesn't mean you're not. No, they just don't want to be categorised. They want to be put Mm. in a box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and be like everybody else, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, that that was a very interesting time. But I think had he not been in power now, the movement... Um, that's been created because of that. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't be the wouldn't size be that it right is. now no. and it wouldn't be as big. Mm-hmm. I, so thank you, asshole. <laughs> I did it. I'm on tonight three. Yes. Amazing. Okay, so last piece. Yes. Is there any advice you wish you had given yourself? Like if you right now could hit the pause button and give advice to yourself at any age. Yeah. What age would you hit and what advice would you give? Um, okay. There's, oh, God, that's a very hard question. <laughs> Sorry. No, you can, that's okay. We can skip it. I can no, ask no. you something else. Um, I think the stuff that I've been through in terms of um, school stuff, mm-hmm. there's been some times where the bullying was so bad that, uh, you know, you, you obviously you really doubt yourself and all that sort of stuff. But it's just probably to tell my mini mm-hmm. that you're cool. And that it's okay. Yeah. Um, and they're assholes. Mm. And there are some people in life that you can't save. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then it, everything is going to be okay. Just keep being, keep doing you. Keep being yourself. 
you'll be way redder in 20 years time than you can possibly imagine yeah yeah and also i wish i had known that okay if it's not going to affect me in five years don't waste five minutes thinking about it mm-hmm. but yeah those when you when you're surrounded by it and i guess back when we were in school you know like you didn't have the internet so no. we didn't go home and get bullied it was literally in your face at mm-hmm. school so i don't know whether that's better now than it is then but well it's more subversive maybe yeah. now than it is yeah then. i don't know but yeah probably just to tell myself you're okay kid like mm. you're doing good um i think other things too is probably to stop being so hard on myself sometimes i can be quite um that's interesting even now yeah, some, but okay. sometimes only, I mean, not very often, but there are some days where I'm just like, I mean, I can't even You should have done that differently yeah. or you should have said that differently yeah. or whatever. Um, also probably um, keep fighting the good fight. That's I really believe in that. If you're really passionate about something and you've got to fight for it, just keep going mm-hmm. um, because you've got to, you're going to prove yourself right mm-hmm. no matter which direction you go in. Um, I don't know. That's good advice. Yeah. Well, it's good advice to give anyone, really. Yeah. Don't waste five minutes on something that won't affect you five years. That's solid. Yeah. It, it, yeah, there's so many things where I used to worry about. I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to know these people in a year. Why am I worrying about you? Why do I care? The other thing I briefly want to touch on. So I've been struggling, not struggling, trying to figure out my sexuality yeah. for the last 18 months. Yeah. Properly, as opposed to just jamming it all in a box and locking it up with a really big lock and yeah. putting it very far down in the basement of my thoughts. Yep, get that. Yep. Um, do you want to talk a bit about at sure. all about your own about journey? Yeah. Um, so, because I think what I've realised over the last 18 months is it's a way more common question that people seem to be asking than I probably realised yeah, right. when I first started. To you? Oh, no. The first time I was told I was gay, I was 17, which yeah, I think right. is part of why I locked it up yeah, so right. tightly. Yeah. Like, you're gay, I don't know why you're hiding it. You're gay. Who said that to you? A lesbian, mate. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, and I wasn't... Was I didn't, it, were you scared? No, I didn't cope very well with it. I, didn't like, I don't like being told what to do. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. I really struggled so with authority. So that really... It yeah. just made me balk even more. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, fuck yeah. Yeah. I'll just be as straight as straighty. That's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did. Yeah, okay. So, um, when um, Faye's dad and I split, she was two, um, and I, we lived in this cute little cottage, and every morning I'd go and get a coffee, and the girl behind the coffee machine was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen, and... Um, I was told by the manager of the cafe just to hang out because he had he had a kid as well, the same age as Vaya, that she liked me. And I was like, oh, good for her. I'm just fucking straight, you know, like whatever. <laughs> anyway, I think the thought of someone giving me attention after a separation mm. as hard as that, I was like, okay, look, I had always put in the back of my mind the thought of being gay because... Um, I had a girl in love with me for five years and I never knew but everyone else around me did and then she told me and I got angry and mm-hmm. I could never understand why I got so angry mm-hmm. I think because I was like well I'm not gay fuck you like I was really I was pissed off that people would think I was gay all mm-hmm. the time and mm-hmm. I did I copped it a lot especially mm-hmm. working in a skate shop and I was a huge tomboy like massive 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 tomboy and so you know you wouldn't catch me dead in a dress there's mm-hmm. no way mm-hmm. I hated being it meant that I was feminine and I was just I hated being a woman so I was now put two and two together I'm like oh, I guess I'm fucking gay so <laughs> I asked her out for a coffee and then at that point and I, I we met actually here um, and this cute in this park. cute little park <laughs> and we had a coffee and Bay was playing and I was like oh I gotta go I gotta go went straight to my best friend's house and I was like I need to talk to you they're like okay and I was like I met someone I sat down and Mel said it's a woman and I was like <gasps> and that was you know that was the start of my my first female relationship and mm-hmm. I I was in love with her deeply deeply in love with her and you know <laughs> did it oh good job um, it's so hard she's not reading I was you. okay great good job babe well done opened his face awesome um, dun, dun, dun. and 
with with that came a lot of questions for me. I was very scared. I I had my first anxiety attack, like lots of them. I had my first panic attack on top of that morning. I I was going through the separation. I was single mom. I was like, am I gay? Like, what am I? And all these things, and it it, it scared the fucking shit out of me. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, I wasn't I wasn't um, hiding the fact that I was with a woman. I was very open about it. I went to my mum and dad's after I met Emma, her name was, and mum and dad like, you've been, where have you been, where have you been? I'm like, I met someone, and they're like, what's his name? And I said, Emma, dad, high five me, both of them high five me. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and then that was it, that was the end of the conversation, and we had dinner, and that was it. The next, I think two days later, uh, my dad came in for a haircut at the salon, and my manager at the time was cutting my dad's hair and she said so what do you think about Jules and Emma and dad's like we always knew I always knew and I just turned around and I was like what do you mean he goes we've always known Jules I was like okay and then I didn't know I didn't know like (laughs) but it's so funny because everybody knew and I was like okay well what is what does that mean is it because I looked like one or I acted like Mm -hmm. one or I never you know, I, it just, I, it frustrated me because I was like, cool, you could have, you could have told me, you know. But anyway, and since well, I then... I got told and didn't help anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But since then, I've been with women, and that was okay. eight years ago. Okay. Um, I've had a few serious relationships. I've lived with them. I've I've recently come out of relationships sort of five months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't see myself with a man ever. Um, it's not something that I... Um, would would push aside if someone came it's very much about the person I've always been like that Mm -hmm. though um but it's interesting because I haven't had adversity with sexuality in terms of being um uh not allowed a gig or not allowed a job or anything I've I've Mm -hmm. haven't had it thrown back in my face I've I've never had anything bad happen to me because of my sexuality okay which um, makes me sad for one because so many people have struggled about their sexuality for, for most of their life mm-hmm. or they've come out and no one's accepted them or they've committed suicide and, and around being gay or whatever that is to people it's a very hard subject for them to talk about but for me it's nothing mm-hmm. and it's it's only one aspect yeah and so I celebrate it it's just a normal thing for me it's so normal like Bea doesn't remember me being with her dad so mm-hmm. for her her mum likes women. She's like, when are you going to get a girlfriend? Like, who looks after you? You look after me, but who looks after you? Like, all these type of things. And mm-hmm. um, because, I d- because it's not a big deal to me, I don't need to talk to her about it. I don't, if she has any questions, she can ask me. She's a very open kid, but I haven't had adversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't had um, people who mean to be over it or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's been a very normal journey for me just part of your journey yeah it's Mm. just I'm like cool I'm in love with that person now like it's you know it's not um I don't go out to gay clubs and find lesbians I don't do all that sort of stuff I'm like whoever comes into my life and you know comes in when they're ready at that time yeah Yeah. but I don't know I think there's many people that I probably this is the scene where she gets scooped awesome Uh, (laughs) there's many people in my life a few that I, I would look at them and go oh yeah it's only a matter of time. Yeah, okay. You're going to come out because um, I pushed it away for so long. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't like, I hate the term lesbian. I hate the term gay because you're going to put oh, me in a box. the connotation. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I think I think some of it can be quite funny. Like people calling their friendly neighbourhood lesbo, which is at the salon. I'm like, yeah, I'm a friendly neighbourhood lesbo. <laughs> Just like Spider-Man yeah, saving exactly. the world. Saving the world one haircut at a time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm okay with that um, because I don't struggle with it. I, doesn't, I thought I would, but I've never come, never come a point in my life where I'm like, oh my God, I'm a lesbian. Um, and a single mum. And this. And I'm like, I don't struggle with it. And I, mm. I, it's sad because I, I don't struggle with much of that in my life and yeah. so um for sorry, cranky mother, um for people to struggle with that it's hard because I can't give them advice I can't because you haven't had that I experience I haven't had that experience mm-hmm. so yeah. but every experience has its insights I yeah. think anyway yeah whatever those yeah mm. and I haven't again like, um my friends don't ask about it because mm. that's just normal to them I haven't not gotten work because of it mm-hmm. I've 
it's never been an issue for people ever. Which is pretty fucking cool. Actually. It's amazing. Mm. But I also think that they probably look at me and go, don't fuck with her. <laughs> don't. She is who she is. Mm. She's good at what she does. So what's, what's her sexually got to do with it? So, mm. And it, in all honesty, if someone had an issue with it, oh my God, as if I'd be in their life. Like yeah, it would never, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I and mean, you've sort of, you know, you've just spoken about how you've, you've curated your life. Yeah. You work with people you want to work with. Yeah. Which, by the way, is very fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Well, you see so many people, and this is a conversation I've had with a few people, is like they're addicted to the struggle, and I'm just like, I'm not buying that. No. I don't want to buy that packet, no. thanks. I no. would like something else. No, and life's, life's too short. Life yeah. is so I'm like, do short. you really want to spend it doing a job you hate with people you don't like? No, fuck that. Mm. Like, life, honestly, like, if you're going to wake up in 10 years' time and go, fuck yeah, I'm really happy that I got up every day seven days a week or five days a week and did that horrible job you're not going to do that you're not going to retire and go now i'm happy no fuck no because by then you're addicted to the unhappiness or would you even do without it yeah i'm i'm happy now i'm actually living my life and people like you know how do you fit it all in i fucking do because i love what i do um because it is a lot you know you're teaching dance you run the cheerleading and you do your hair and you're a mum yeah that's a lot yeah but that, that to me is, is just And normal. you're still finding time for yourself. Yeah. Well, at night that's time, that's cool. my time to myself. Yeah, the morning's okay. the time to myself. I, I work all day. At the end of my day, I choreograph in the back room of the salon. I then go to Mad Dance. I teach a class. Then after the class, I have rehearsal for two hours. Then I go home. I sleep. I recuperate. The next day, I do work. And then I might have a photo shoot. I might, and it's just... I'm fitting stuff in that I want to do this year. I, mm-hmm. I ditched the weddings because... Um, it, although the money's really good, it doesn't creatively spark joy. Um, but <laughs> Marie condo the weddings. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and, it, you know, I could easily live off doing weddings for a living, but I'd rather poke myself in the eye with a spoon. Like, I just... It, it, it's not fun. No. It's not fun anymore. I'd love but doing it the for the work clients. you do through the day with clients. Because yes. there's so many, like... And that's why I started following you, because I was like... Oh pink hair that's fucking sick yeah and when people come in and they're not in a place of um they're not full of nerves and Mm -hmm. going it's my day i'm the bride fuck that Mm -hmm. it's not your like you know so i'm oh yeah and i'm not a big so we lived in noosa for four years oh yeah you would have seen a lot of weddings oh my god yeah and just like yeah why i know and the excess that's the thing that just fucked my brain like it was like you would have easily spent 50k on a single day. There's you weddings that I've done real? for $250,000. You could have a concert in the bush and all mm. your mates there for a 50 yeah. grand, you yeah. know, like, yeah. fuck that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's full on. I would much rather have, like, not that I think I'll ever get married, but yeah. I would much rather have, like, I used to work as a page turner mm. um, for operas in the paddock. So, oh, wow, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I did classical piano from four yeah. to 16, and then yeah. I decided just because I was good at it doesn't mean I had to keep That's doing right. it. Yeah. Um, anyway, but uh, 17, 18, 19, I think. That's the year I was 17. I think she started it, and I went back home because it yeah. was near my hometown and page turned for the pianist, yeah. and it was fucking cool. But my point of that story is if you're really going to spend that much money on a wedding, wouldn't you rather just have like a fully sick mm. your own festival? Mm. But you know what? There, are, it's all relative. If you've got a shit ton of money to go and waste, you go for it. You go and spend thirty thousand oh, dollars on a dress. True. It's all relative. And you know, saying in saying that, there are clients and friends of mine that are getting married, and I'll do my clients and friends because mm-hmm. I for weddings just for yeah, for yeah, weddings. okay. But because I know them, and there's a there's a history there, and um, makes it you're there. You would be there anyway. It's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. But, I have 99% of my weddings are people that I've never met before. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's just, I'm like, is, is, it, is, it, is it making me happy? No. Why are you doing it? Meh. Don't do it. Okay. Do something else. All right. So, I so what are you doing instead of? Um, Anything in particular? Okay, cool. So, usually... Um, so, like, for shoots? Shoots. For friends, videos? Yeah, any, anything. Oh, that's anything. very cool. So, um... And also just having probably a little bit more me time. Which but is probably not a bad thing, yeah. looking at how full your schedule yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but like today, I'm like, cool, all I need to really do today is this and grocery shopping. Like, you know, Excellent. that's an easy day for me. Yeah. Um, and food prep, like, I'm good. Like, I, don't, I might go for a skate later. So I really go, okay, well, I want to feel, I, I, 
life is so short that mm. I want to fill my days with stuff because it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Lying on the couch all day doesn't make me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a fucking Gemini. Like, I'm either one or the other. I'm either going, cool, I'm staying at home and watching Netflix for the rest of the night. Or I'm like, I want to go skating. I want to go through the city. I want to go and have a, a, a quick drink while I'm on my skates. I want to, you know, I want to do all this cool stuff. So, Which you can when you live in the city. You can, absolutely. Mm. But yeah, the um, finding, finding things in your life that make you happy and mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. And going, fuck, I'm good at that. I'm going to charge for that. Good. So I, I taught myself how to do festival braids. I learned it off off YouTube. Excellent. I bought all this hair and now I'm getting booked for um, R&B Fridays and R- like VIP for events. Festivals for festivals. And yeah. Awesome. Um, Doing like the axe hair or guest hair or um, whatever. VIP, so yeah, guests. Cool. Yeah, um, And I love the band that I work with and I'd want to tour with them as much as possible because mm-hmm. when I'm old I'd be like, fuck yeah. Like, that thing I did was fucking thing, awesome. That was really cool and, and I'm incredibly blessed that I get the opportunities I get with them because I have travelled around Australia with them. I have seen incredible things with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't have had that opportunity had I said no to a photo shoot that I met them at yeah, okay. a very long time ago. So, yeah. Um, yeah, saying yes to things and just knowing when you don't, if you don't, if you don't want to do it, don't fucking do it. Like this Say op- yes to the things you actually want yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's things where I get asked to do and I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do your clothing line that, mm. that I don't like your clothing or just a blow dry that I, I don't want to do it yeah I don't want to do it I want to do something cool that makes me happy I'll pass them on pass that work on to somebody else oh, yeah. yeah sick yeah thanks you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> it's only been I don't know how long have I been sitting here oh an hour that's good yeah that's sick so that was Jules of Hair by Jules on Instagram and of the Broncos cheerleading <laughs> squad and of Mad Dance House yeah Actually, Mad Dance House, I follow them too. They look <laughs> sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only thing about moving further into the country is you yeah. don't really get dance studios. But no. we do have a skating rink in Lismore. So Lismore. there you go. Austinville. I love Austinville. It's pretty, hey. I, it is I love, pretty. love Jubilettes out there. Is he in Jubilettes? No. I'll tell you about that. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fade out to some pretty music, I think, when I get home and put that on. Um, if you want to subscribe, that'd be awesome. If you want to give us a review, that'd be sick. If you don't want to do any of those things, that's okay too. (laughs) Have a good one. Bye.